This episode is brought to you by RV Share. RV Share provides RV rentals, motorhomes, and camper rentals directly from local owners. You can rent an RV for your next camping trip, go on a tour of all the amazing national parks, or even visit Disneyland on a budget. Each rental comes with worry-free guarantee protection for your trip, so you're covered every step of the way. Plus, you get 24-7 emergency roadside assistance on every booking. Don't have a truck to pull an RV? No problem. You'll find the best RV rental specials in your area with a wide range of inventory from affordable pop-ups to luxury motorhomes. You can even book a rental that is budget-friendly with prices ranging from just $50 per night. Go to hashtag coloradolife.com slash RVShare to rent your next RV and save up to 25% on travel costs. Did you know Colorado has the most independent breweries per capita in the U.S.? There are 8.4 indie breweries for every 100,000 people in the state. And considering Colorado's population is around 5.7 million, that is a lot of beer crafters. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the front range in Colorado. We have an extra special episode today because I will be interviewing one of our good friends and craft beer connoisseur, Matt Giovanisi. I've talked to Matt in the past about beer many times, and I love beer. But each time I've talked to him about beer, I am blown away by how much he knows about beer, the different styles, types, processes of its creation, which all makes sense because he's the creator of the website BrewGavin.com, where he shares tips and tools for home brewers. He's also a personal friend and a Colorado craft brew lover. Today, we're talking about the Colorado craft beer scene. We're going to discuss the best breweries and beer festivals across the state and why Colorado is so well known for its craft beer. So, welcome, Matt. Thanks for being here. If you want to go Thanks ahead and give me. yourself a little bit of an introduction, tell everybody who you are, what you do. Sure. Uh, I am a podcaster, blogger, and I also run a home brewing site. And I guess that makes me a home brewer because I do home brewing. So uh, I like beer, and I moved to Colorado from Philadelphia. Was one of the main reasons I came here was for the beer. Really? I. No, I'm serious. It's that that's serious. So that and snowboarding were the two biggest reasons for me to move to Colorado. That's hilarious. I actually yeah. have no idea. Yeah. Ah. All right. Well, I love beer too. I don't think I love it quite as much as you. And uh, you know like a lot more about it than I do. So that's why we're kind of having you today. I'm curious, what is your favorite type of beer? Like a an IPA versus a lager? Yeah, I say that if I... There's two of them. Um, if I had to pick... You know, gun to my head, I'd say an IPA and or a Kolsch. A Kolsch? Which is a, um, which is, it tastes like a lager, but it is an actu- it's actually an ale. Okay. Yeah. And it's from, uh, it's actually one of the only beer, it's actually one of the, you know, like champagne owned, like you can only call it champagne if it's, um, you know, made in champagne. You can only call it scotch if it's made in Scotland. Yeah. Um, well, bourbon if whole, it's from Bourbon County. Well, yeah. that's not. Yeah, but that's not true. You can really? make bourbon any. Yeah, that's one. They don't have a uh, a right to that. Uh, oh. I watched the bourbon documentary, and they were like, "Yeah, you can call it. You can call it bourbon. Bourbon just has to have has to be made with a, a certain percentage of corn and barley." Um, Interesting. For, yeah, but but Kolsch, uh, according to the Kolsch Convention, 
um, or the or the uh, clone convention or clone convention, I believe it is. Um, they act, you cannot call Kolsch Kolsch anywhere. So whenever you see Kolsch, it's it's pronounced Kolsch style. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. The things I didn't know, and and it's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that with food as well. I'm pretty sure that uh, you can only call caviar caviar if it's from like the Caspian Sea portion mm. of Russia. Mm. So it's like caviar style. Yeah. So why do you think Colorado is so well known for its craft beers and other larger beers as well? That's a good question. I do know um, that Colorado, at least, um, I'm not sure if it's still this way. There's there was a recent law passed, but uh, it's unique in the in the idea that um, liquor stores or people who sell beer uh, are only really allowed to own one store. Right. This is I saw this in a documentary specifically about Colorado craft beer scene and it makes it a hotbed for small craft breweries to come and actually just be able to go to a liquor store and sell it to the person who owns that liquor store. So they can do a lot of one-on-one sales where if you're talking to big conglomerate liquor stores, you know, it's really hard for a small craft brewer uh, in, in that area to get their beer prominently put on shelves that it'll actually sell. And what they do is these these craft brewers will go into these liquor stores and they'll actually educate all the employees there about their beer so that, you know, if anybody has any questions, they can actually help sell it. So I think that that certainly helped uh, the the craft beer scene in Colorado to sort of explode. And plus, you know, we're, we, we are beer country. We, we have uh, cores here. And I think that uh, certainly helped as well. Right. Well, that all totally makes sense, and that's very interesting. I had no idea that they could do that, and it was like very much more one-on-one. I was just yeah. going to go ahead and say that it's we have good water here. That's true, too. I think that's uh, obviously a, a big reason as well. Yeah. Is we don't have to do a lot of water treatment because the water is so good here. But, you know, that, that thing, those are still done. Yeah. I assume that you've been to breweries around the state. Yeah, a few. And do you have a, <laughs> do you have a few favorites that, you've, that you really like? You know, I actually had to sit down and put a list together because I, I knew I would forget them. It actually turned out to be way longer really? than I thought it would be. Yeah, because, uh, you know, and it's so funny because there's so many more that I didn't write down. And I was like, okay, well, that's insane about how many breweries <laughs> are actually in this state. Um, it says there's 8.4 indie breweries for every 100,000 people. 8.4. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Jesus, it's a lot. <laughs> so uh, I would have to say that my favorite brewery right now in the country uh, happens to be up in Frisco, Colorado, okay. and it's called Outer Range, and I'm actually wearing their hat right now, and uh, I am sort of a fanboy of them. They do uh, they specialize in New England New England style IPAs and Belgian beers, and they've been getting into the stout world a little bit as well uh, in more recent uh, months. So definitely one of my favorites and uh it's in a killer location it's like you, you can step outside they have a yurt in the winter time there's they're looking at like a giant mountain uh and they're next to a whole foods it's it's just a really cool spot and it and their branding is just unbelievable and that's probably my favorite one there's a new one that just popped up uh, up in netherland called not at root that's been uh top of my list really like that place and i can just like go down the list if you want me to of all the ones that I'm just like, and these are not all of the breweries. These are just the ones that I find great. 
Give me your top three. You're at two right now, so one more. Ooh, top three. I'll probably have to say um, Weldworks is probably uh, the other one. Yeah. That's in okay. Greeley, Colorado. And uh, all of these are not the closest to me. Uh, I have to kind of do a little bit of traveling to get there, but, I mean, it's worth the trip for sure. The Weldworks, don't they have like a uh, like a festival every year too, almost like an Oktoberfest? Yeah, they have a festival called the Weldworks Invitational. They've been doing that for two That's years. I've been... Yeah, I've been to both of them. Uh, it's an expensive beer fest. It's about a hundred dollar yeah. a ticket, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and it, they they invite all of their brewing friends from around the country in. So, do you have any uh, like favorite beers that are like seasonal? Any like really weird ones where they're like, uh, I don't know, raspberry or anything funky? You, you know, those the seasonal thing. I, I want to say like almost doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Um, you know, they, they have the pumpkin beers that come out, you know, this time of year in, in the September fall area. I used to be a huge fan of pumpkin beers. Not so much anymore. Um, nowadays, like you can get, I mean, I just, today I had a, uh, a blueberry, a blueberry Berliner Weiss and it was huh. called thick blueberry goo from not at root up in uh, <laughs> Netherlands. And it's a smoothie style, blueberry berliner vice so like a little sour pretty thick made with lactose and so that's like that's available but the okay. one before that was thick strawberry goo so that was you know <laughs> the little series that they're doing i guess so yeah it, it, you can get i mean you can get any type of look i in at weldworks last year i got a a beer called spaghetti goza and it was okay. a it was a beer it was a goza which is like a, a slightly sour a little salty and it was made with basil, tomato sauce, spaghetti, and maybe oregano. <laughs> like, did you did you get any like spaghetti notes in there? Because that is uh, absolutely spaghetti. It it you know it had a little bit of like a V eight aftertaste. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Do you have any really funny stories about beer? Because I have one. While you think about it, I'll tell you my story. Yeah, t- tell me yours because I can't think of. Funny? I mean, they're all great stories. <laughs> Funny, though? I'm not sure. All right. When my friend turned 21, his name's mm-hmm. Zach, uh, we went to a bar, and he had just had, like, something his teeth worked on at the dentist, like, earlier that week. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm getting a beer. And so he orders a beer, and he sips it, and he's like, oh, my God, this hurt my teeth so bad. So he asks the bartender for a straw. And he's drinking his beer with a straw, (laughs) a neon green, like swizzly sticks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. And I was like, I can't be next to you anymore, dude. (laughs) No, I, I, I've had like, um, experiences, you know, drinking too much beer. Uh, Uh, but I can't remember like a specific story where I was, you know, that would be funny to tell. It's just mostly like me, you know, getting too drunk or uh i did you know my dad used to you know let us and let me specifically because i liked beer at a very very young age he used to let us uh let, let me drink uh only in the house and only like you know a sip or two uh-huh. um and and i think that helped a little bit in the future because i'm not like I'm, I'm i'm obsessed with beer but i'm not addicted to it right so right. it's it's not like a problem for me but i i do I, I think about it way too much. I mean, but I also like making it, too, so I think there's a little bit of both. Right. Well, I mean, you have an entire website dedicated to it, so 
Yeah, now you should see our kitchen. <laughs> it's like oh, our gosh. our whole side of our kitchen. We sold our kitchen table just to make room for more <laughs> home brewing equipment. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm, do you have anything of note that you're making right now? Right now, you know, I haven't brewed all month because I've been traveling. Um, uh-huh. I'm, you know, being from Philly, I went home and saw uh, friends and family, so I didn't really brew this month. Um, but I am going to be working on another New England style IPA this weekend and some Kolsch's because they're my two favorite styles right now. Kolsch so. style. Kolsch style, right. You can't call yeah. it a Kolsch. <laughs> but yeah, I'm working on um, those two beer styles. And I'm the type of brewer who doesn't make an eclectic amount of styles. I like what I like and I try to hone in and perfect that style if i can and then make and then do iterations on that style right so you um, keep trying over and over yeah right. and so right. yeah before there's another style that i really like and i really it you know they're really hard to find but i love black ipas or cascadian dark ales depending okay. on where you're from and they really don't make them anymore they were popular for a little bit they were different but they basically are like an ipa stout if you will huh. um so very bitter stout yeah, I was gonna uh, say. Yeah, and I, I love it, and that's the next style that I'll be tackling probably over the winter. So you said that you're, you know, from Philadelphia, so on the East Coast, like how do the breweries here and the beer here, how does that like differ from East Coast stuff or other places that you've been not in Colorado? Yeah, nowadays uh I feel like the the craft brew scene, you're there's good craft breweries all over the country now. I mean, like you go to Southern California, you go to Vermont, you go to North Carolina, you go to Virginia. Even um, places in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like there are a ton of breweries, and they're right now kind of all, you know, simpatico. They're all doing kind of the same styles, and they're all pushing the same boundaries. Yeah. So, you know, when I where I grew up, uh, there was a big brewery that I love there called Yards, and they made classic style beers, and that they still continue to do that, like colonial style beers, where. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're doing IPAs, they're doing, uh, you know, what's the name of the brawler? I forget the type of style that is, but it's like a, um, like an old English sort of uh, bitter or an ESB. And they're doing a lot of those style beers, which I love because I love all beer. Um, but, you know, then coming out here, it was it was different. But they a lot of the beers across the country, I mean, everyone's making sort of the same styles, but... Colorado certainly has, like, I guess because of it being an early player in the craft beer scene, it has a lot of breweries. And then, obviously, when you have a lot of breweries, really, there's a lot of really, really, really good ones as well. And so, like, in Philadelphia or in New Jersey, where craft beer really wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. you know, like we had, you know, you can, you can say Dogfish Head was in... You know, Delaware, which was pretty close by, and you have um, Boston Beer Company up in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. But, like, kind of where we were, there wasn't a lot of craft beer. And in New Jersey especially, like, we had no craft beer whatsoever because there were certain laws. And what's funny is I went back to New Jersey just this past month, and w- w- uh, there's all these new local breweries that opened up. And I'm like, well, how come these weren't here when I was a kid? And I'm like, come on. Right. But... You have to take a tour in order to get a beer. So, you know, everyone has like either a TV playing of like their brewery tour or like a little piece of paper that shows you like walks you to the brewery because it's some sort of loophole to get around selling beer. I have no idea. Interesting. Yeah. So every brewery in New Jersey that I've went that I went to, 
they make you quote unquote take a tour. Huh. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. All right. So, what is your favorite like mass produced beer? Like, <laughs> if you uh, had to drink one. Yeah. Um. You mean one company? So yeah, like one company. Um. And I guess we okay. can we can split it down like you know how they make a uh, Blue Moon is made here by Coors sure. and stuff and Fat Tire. Right. Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, I still drink a lot of dogfish head. I okay. love dogfish head. I, and I have to say like of all the bigger breweries, even though they're not technically big beer, but they did just get bought out by, or they just get, I guess they merged with Boston beer company or Sam Adams. Um, you know, they're pretty big, but I would still consider them craft. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could, I can always drink, um, a dogfish head beer for sure. But if we're talking like not great beer, like really, really big <laughs> beer, um, it would probably have to be like a Stella Atois, maybe, okay. or um, you know, I do like Newcastle, but I don't know how if I could continue drinking Brown Ale for the rest of my life. But we had a discussion where we were we were saying like if you had to drink one beer for the rest of your life, you know, what would it be? If it ha- it couldn't be craft, it had to be you know. You know, a really big beer company uh-huh. like a Corona or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I don't remember if I ever settled on anything. <laughs> you know, it was probably if I had to pick, it, you know, and I, and this is a, a terrible answer, but it would probably be like a Boston Lager because I loved Boston Lager growing up. But it was that to me was craft beer. You know, way long ago. Right. See, mine would have to be something. I'd have to go with the champagne of beers and go with a Miller Light, <laughs> Miller High Life. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Because yeah, I remember as a kid, my dad would always have one, and I'd always yep. want a sip. Always, it's a good looking bottle. <laughs> it's a, it's a, and I, you know what? I did have a, uh, my share of Miller High Life. It would be really hard for me to drink one right now, but I think you could convince me to. Like at a, like a, a warm beer at a baseball game or something. Uh, yeah, that's the best. So, have you ever taken a tour at the Coors Factory here in <laughs> Golden? Yes, yes, I have. How was yes, it? I- um, it was actually okay. It was it was before they charged. Okay. Um, I know they charge now, and it's like I re- five bucks for Colorado residents, though. So, uh, okay. So I guess it's it shouldn't charge at all, but I get yeah. it. Um, they yeah. I remember it was about five years ago. We were just visiting. I wasn't even living here at the time, and we went to Golden. We knew we had to tour the factory. And what's what was surprising was like what was super hot out. I remember like them spraying like a mist in the air in the line while you were waiting. And the was biggest it a mist su- of beer. <laughs> uh, that would have been awesome, but no, not their beer. Uh, what was surprising was at the end of the tour, you basically go into a bar and they give you like three pints of beer. Wow! But they give you a lot of beer at the end. Unfortunately, it's you know. Made made from cores, so right. you know. <laughs> but I mean, I remember having like a, and what's interesting is you get to pick the beers, and I remember drinking a beer that like wasn't that bad. It was like I think it was like an amber or like maybe like a darker beer, made by cores, and I don't remember which one it was. It's I don't who knows if they make it or not anymore. But I remember drinking like half of the first pint, and then me and my friend going, "All right, let's uh." <laughs> Let's go to like Cannibal Creek or something. I actually liked the beer at the end, and yeah. my reasoning, I thought in my head, was at least that it uh, the beer hadn't been like cooled down and warmed up and cooled down and warmed up through like transit and stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought it was just like more pure. 
It's probably. I mean, it's definitely the freshest you're going to get from them. Right. And the thing is, is like they're they're a big beer company, and they make good beer. I mean, technically, yeah. like their process is spot on for making beer. They they can repeat it. It's impressive. You know, business practice wise, and eh, you know, that's <laughs> uh, not really my forte. Uh huh. So what are some of your favorite beer festivals here in Colorado? I know we already mentioned the Weldworks Invitational up in Greeley, yeah. but do you got any others? Yeah. Um, there's the big one, obviously. There's GABF, or the Great American Beer Festival. It's ever since I moved here, I've gone every year. Okay. And probably will continue to go every year regardless. I am a member of the uh, American Homebrewers Association, which is located here in Boulder, Colorado. And... I have been a member for about, I think, three years, and each year I get early access to buy tickets, and I also get to go to the Saturday day session, which they give you actual glass instead of plastic cups, and it's uh, it's a little bit shorter, but all the brewers are there, and you get to talk to people, and it's a really, I mean, that festival's crazy fun. It's so massive. Um I mean, people fly in for that festival. It's crazy. Right. And, yes, yeah, so the Weldworks Invitational, also very good. And then there's, like, some smaller ones. Um, we did we, – we do the Boulder one, which was really good. And here's the thing about beer festivals. Like, I can't even name them because there's so many of them. Yes. And sometimes you'll just be walking in a town and go, oh, right. we're having a beer festival. Let's go, right. let's go get tickets. You yeah, know? I feel like every town has an Oktoberfest. Oh, every – yeah. Oh, it's crazy. So – it, there is there is certainly no shortage of beer festivals, but if I you know GABF is absolutely the king of all beer festivals. It's unfreaking believable. So, what advice would you give to someone who wants to start getting into craft beers, but they don't know really where to start? Um, would you like go to a restaurant and ask like the waiter, or would you <laughs> kind of like just go to a liquor store and pick out a beer that you've oh, never heard uh, of before? No, that's not what I would do. Neither of <laughs> those things. Good. Uh, so, if you are going to go to a restaurant and you want to ask somebody about beer, you're going to ask for a Cicerone. Not okay. every restaurant has a Cicerone, but uh, sometimes they do, especially the more fancier ones that specialize in you know fancier beers. Uh, it's worth asking. It's like asking for a sommelier. Like they're they're the same thing, but for beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, not every restaurant's going to employ one. So that's one way to do it. But I think it's just going to a brewery um, and. I mean, specifically a brewery that you know is going to be good and has an eclectic, uh, you know, an eclectic variety of beer. Although most of the breweries that I talk about or that I visit kind of specialize in the IPA world, which is what everybody's doing right now. But go there and get flights of beer. And that a flight, for those who don't know, is just a bunch of small, you know, maybe four to five ounce pours of all different beer. Just kind of like randomly pick and the great part is that you don't have to finish them and you get to try a bunch of different beers. And if you want to go full boat and get like a pint of whatever one out of that lot was your favorite or do another flight or go to another, you know, brewery, you can literally go to any brewery and get a, a flight of like four or five, you know, four or five, five ounce beers mm-hmm. and just kind of throw a dart at the board and just pick, you know, whatever you want. And um, the other good thing about living here is that you know or visiting here is uh, the next brewery is a stone's throw away so if you don't like the beer at one brewery you can just walk to the next one right and then do the same thing and go oh and you'll you'll find something you like and the thing is is like 
if you've never had beer, you're not really into beer, there are a few styles that I think are really easy to palate if you're just getting started. The thing is, is when people are not into beer, it's usually the beer-flavored beer, right? It's, the, your, it's your Pilsners, your Pale Ales, your IPAs. Like, those beers taste like friggin' beer, right? Right. Right. Nowadays, you can get, you know, New England style IPAs, which are still IPAs, but taste like orange juice, like taste like mimosas. And then you can get gozas, which are like, you know, limeritas, you know, whatever the, uh, they're, they're just like, they're usually made with lime and salt or some sort of fruit and salt. Mm-hmm. And they're a little sour, a little tart. And they're really good. Any sour beer might be, I mean, people are into sour beers. I like sour beers, Berliner Weisses, fruity beers. Uh, and then there's this whole movement of pastry stouts. So, I mean, imagine you can get an Almond Joy stout. You could get a, a Reese's <laughs> Peanut Butter stout. Yeah, you can get a, uh, what did I just have? Oh, I ha- you know what? I had a beer that was made with those Rocket Pops. You know, those uh-huh. red, white, and blue pops? Yes. An entire beer that was made with those. And I had a beer that was made with root beer float. With I think it was, um, yeah, lactose and root beer and all kinds of yeah it's like it's beer technically right uh, and then you know if you look at milkshake ipas they're super fun they're they're just like like you know they, they they're made they're ipas with a lot of fruitier fruit forward hops and vanilla beans and lactose which is milk sugar and mm-hmm. and they're usually you know thicker and they just taste like candy you know a lot of these beers nowadays taste like candy and that could be a gateway into you know, a lot of times you start drinking these beers, which are very good, mm-hmm. but then you're like, ah, just give me a Pilsner. Just give me like a beer right. flavored beer and you work your way and you can try all these different things. And I mean, there's so many different styles out there now that if you just go to any brewery and just start, you know, ordering flights, I mean, I think you're, you're, you're set. You're, you'll be fine. Well, that is some really good advice. Yeah, that's definitely something that I have done before and it's kind of fun to do. Yeah. Just to try everything. Oh, I'm probably going to do it tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about going and doing the exact same thing. Hmm. <laughs> All right, is there anything else you want to sh- uh, share or say about the Colorado craft beer scene? I th- it's the best in the country. All you right. Can't beat, you can't beat it. There are definitely other places that are doing it well, but not nearly the amount of variety and like just five-star breweries that we have in the state. You can't. I mean, again, I moved out here. And that's one of the biggest reasons I moved here. Well, I mean, that kind of says it all. If you moved across the country just for some beer. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of obsessed with it. All right. <laughs> A resource I wanted to feature for this episode would be rvshare.com. Something Carrie and I recently found and tried out and had a great experience with. You can rent an RV, motorhome, or a camper directly from the owners in your area and use it to explore. This would be a great way to get out and experience all the craft breweries across Colorado from Durango to Fort Collins and Grand Junction to Denver. Rent an RV, take a tour of all the breweries you could want to see across the state. And I honestly don't think you could go to a new Colorado brewery every day of the year and ever see the same one twice. RV Share is a great way to get out and explore your own backyard. At the end of every show, we like to end with a tip for finding free or affordable activities here in Colorado. And if you want to discover new breweries in the Pikes Peak area, check out the Colorado Springs Crafts and Drafts Passport. You can get discounts on drinks and free tastings at local breweries, wineries, distilleries, and even specialty coffee roasters. 
When you sign up, a pass is instantly delivered to your phone through text and email so you don't have to download an app. And then when you visit a participating venue, you simply present your phone to get the code and redeem your discount. And it's totally free to sign up. Just visit crafts.visitcos.com. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we'd love to hear what episodes you enjoy. And if there are any breweries or local Colorado beers that you like, let us know by reaching out to us on Instagram at hashtag Colorado Life. We're always open to trying some new brews. Thanks again to Matt for being on our show, and thank you all for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful square state and some beer.